2: Hi there, it's me, Laura Wasser, the divorce attorney and the founder of It's Over Easy, the online divorce service. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces, shepherding people through what may be one of the most terrifying times in their lives. Along the way, I often have to remind people to lower their expectations. When dealing with matters of the heart, rules simply don't apply, because all's fair in love and war. So welcome to the All's Fair podcast. Fasten your seatbelts and let's go. Hi there, everyone. It's me, Laura Wasser, the host of All's Fair.
3: Hi, I'm Johnny Raines, Laura's producer. Welcome to the show.
2: When we launched the Divorce Sucks podcast back in 2018, it was to educate people about a situation which statistically will befall about half of the couples who marry in the United States. And we spoke with celebrities and heard their stories of separating, co-parenting, navigating prenups. During the process, it occurred to me that our discussions were really going well beyond divorce-related issues. Relationships between not just couples, but friends and partners and siblings, they're all ripe with anecdotes and wisdom and laughter and tears.
3: article you sent me about Tracy Emerson from the UK and her friend Susie is just one example
2: wasn't that interesting yeah. I Very think maybe that'll be me and Melissa one day I was gonna say
3: I, that's what I have thought is exactly the same thing it's
2: called people don't get our living arrangement we're more than friends but less than lovers it's it's best friends that yeah. live together yeah. and they're partners they're co well,
3: they're in this cohabitors thing, they're in this thing that was once you know dubbed a Boston marriage that's like a platonic relationship between women right. where they live together as great friends without the sex. Right. Very interesting.
2: It's a great article. It was in, was it The Telegraph? Yes. Yes. And it's called, People Don't Get Our Living Arrangement. We're More Than Friends But Less Than Lovers. I do think it's so interesting, particularly in a city like Los Angeles, where there's so many kind of people that come here from so many different places. You and I, Johnny, having grown up here, I mean, I'm still best friends with some of the people that I was in elementary school with. We went to high
3: school together. Yes.
2: In any event, um, you can read the entire article on our It's Over Easy Mighty Network or in the post for this show on itsovereasy.com backslash podcast. But before you do... We know you've tuned in today for something special, and we will not disappoint you. Today's episode of All's Fair is the first in a special series of interviews featuring the host of some of our favorite podcasts. And since we've already started speaking about friendship, let's continue our conversation with today's guest, whom we've swapped from Wondery, the makers of the Shrink Next Door and Imagine Life podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, and those of you who aren't identifying as either, I'm excited to introduce you to actress, singer, songwriter, and the host of Dying for Sex, six series about lust, death, sex, and what you do with the time you have left, Nikki Boyer. Welcome to All's Fair.
4: Hi. Thanks for having me.
2: I, we're very excited to have you here. Absolutely. Um, in every show, we do something called the All's Fair interrogatories, which are questions we ask everybody before we say goodbye. Okay. But since today's a special swap episode, I want to do those at the beginning. Okay. Um, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth?
4: I do. Okay. Have <laughs> you even put my hand up? Yes. Yeah, i like a dork. I believe you.
2: <laughs> Nikki, which relationship in your life has had the most profound impact?
4: Mm. I think I would have to say the relationship with my mom right now. Yeah. It's sort of grown into a real friendship. Like, you know, we've gone through all the stages together. And so I have beautiful relationships with with my boyfriend and my friend Molly, who I did the podcast with. But I think my mom right now is kind of like... I don't know, we talk every, well, you're every adults, day. You're adults, you're
2: adult women now. Yeah. It's, you've entered into kind of a new stage.
4: Nice. It's nice to call her for advice and not be annoyed by it, yes. right?
2: Sh- uh, trust me, she'll still annoy you sometimes. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I don't even know your mom, but okay. <laughs> what's your favorite love song?
4: You know what's that song Lights Down Low by Max? Have you heard mm-hmm. it? Mm Can I sing part Please? of it? Please. Turn the lights, turn the lights down low. So it starts off as like this acoustic, you know it? Yeah. He knows. <laughs> Daniel knows it. He's know, rocking out it's, there. It's an acoustic at first and then like it comes in with this big drum beat, but it's kinda of sexy but kind of intimate and loving at the same time. And the music video is about a
2: relationship and it's so beautiful. Max.
4: Max. It's okay. called Lights Download. Downloading okay. it now. Yeah. All
2: right. What's the one piece of advice you'd share with either your 20-something-year-old? How old are you? I'm 45. Okay. Almost 45. Yeah, oh my I was god, you're say, so you your 20-something year old oh, self now. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> okay, so if you were gonna share a piece of advice with your 20-something year old self, what would it be, Nikki? Ooh, travel
4: more mm-hmm. on other people's dimes. Yes. Right? When you I like can, that. when you're young.
2: And which romantic comedy could you watch on repeat? Oh my best friend's wedding. Oh, so good. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about your best friend, though, okay. for a second, okay? The show is called Dying for Sex, and it's a six-part series about friendship, death, sex, and what you do with the time you have left. I, I have a ring that I wear on my hand called that says Carpe Diem, like yeah. seize the day. There you go. So you host it. Tell us a little bit about the premise.
4: Okay, so when my best friend Molly was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, um, she just really had a turn of events. She decided to do something really bold and she left her marriage of 15 years, moved out of her house into an apartment very close to me mm-hmm. and went on a full-fledged sexual journey and had as much sex as she possibly could because she was ready to um, sort of, she she felt like ses- sex was the antithesis to death for her. And right. so she just went for
2: it. I mean, like hardcore That's went for it. That's carpet fucking deal. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And so not and, just sees the day, but right? <laughs> sees everything. Yeah. So, sees the D So you talk you talk <laughs> exactly. about it on the, on the podcast. and Her experiences.
4: Yeah, so what happened was she moved close to me, um, and we started going to these lunches. Like They were like six-hour lunches.
2: you know, You know. Wait, you back up a little. Okay. Back up. How did you guys meet? Did okay. you know each other before she was married? Yes. Yeah, so okay. we
4: met 23 years ago when we both were in an acting class here in Los Angeles. Okay. Right? You know, like two 20-somethings. Like, I want to be an
2: actor. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
4: She was uh, from New York. I was from St. Louis. We, we met. I initially thought she was just really interesting, and she hated me. Okay. Right? Because <laughs> like I was an attention seeker. I was like, hey, everybody pay attention to me. And she was like, ugh, who's that annoying girl? Right.
2: But you won her over.
4: Won her over. We became really close friends. We'd gone through so much together. Marriages, breakups, deaths of family members. Um, So we, yeah, we've been friends for a very long time, gone through a lot together. And she was actually misdiagnosed back in 2006 Mm -hmm. by the OBGYN that we shared. He said, don't worry about it. It's nothing. You're Uh fine. And then in 2011, she was diagnosed with-
2: um, Stage four.
4: Well, not oh. then. It was just just breast cancer. I think it was stage two breast right. cancer. And she had a bilateral mastectomy and lymph nodes removed, chemo, um, hormone therapy, the whole nine yards, lost all of her hair. And then we thought she was in remission. Right. And then in 2015, she got the call. Something was going on with her hip. And they found it in her bones and her brain and her lungs. And it had metastasized. So
2: um, so at that so point, that they the said moment. to her, this is not something that you're probably going to come back from. Exactly. Okay.
4: Exactly. And she was actually in couples counseling with her soon-to-be-not-husband right. um, during the call. And we talk about that in the podcast. And uh, she got the call. And I think uh, something just clicked in her where she thought, I, I don't have a lot of time left. And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And for her... Which is not normal for most people, but for her, sex really was something she needed to explore, throw herself into for various reasons, which, you know, we kind of dig into in the podcast, Um, helped her kind of I just just feel really alive. And so she moved out and she started going on Bumble and Tinder and OkCupid
2: and found. And it was just all DTF. Totally. Okay. But you know
4: what? She didn't really lead with that. Okay. It's interesting. It's funny. It was just more like, "Hey, let's get to know each other," but the dick pics just come. I and they they just, right. just come right away. Now, you can find those guys on all, all
3: platforms. All of the platforms. If
2: you <laughs> yes. guys talk about this on the podcast, I didn't hear this part. Had had she been sexually active prior to marriage? Was she somebody that was like, "I didn't sow my wild oats and I want to get out there now?" Or was she had she kind of done that? Like what what was the drive? I know you're saying it made her feel really alive. Right. But what was the drive to focus on the sex? That's
4: an amazing question. And it's important because for me, I I had tons of sex in my 20s, right? So the, those oats were sowed for right. me. For her, um, and we get into this as well in episode five and six, there's some childhood stuff that went on for her. And it sort of robbed her of that opportunity to kind of be open and free in her 20s. And then she met her her husband very early in her 20s so there was this i think she kind of missed that period right. in her life and and she also missed that period and like in her you know when you're in middle school and high school and you start to get those feelings about people like i think for her a lot of that was muted because of what she had gone through in her childhood so she didn't get that normal thing that we sometimes get that most of us get so sex for her was a way of sort of reclaiming that part of her life i think
2: what made you guys decide to do a podcast about it?
4: So we'd go on these lunches and she, one more, actually it was like 11 o'clock. We were like going to the old people lunch, you know, when you go <laughs> eat at 11 because you've been up since five. And we can so, drink rosé yeah, at any time. That is true. <laughs> that is so true. So we went uh, to lunch and she was just telling me about these guys and she had just gone on a date that morning, which was Who dates in the morning? But Molly Molly
2: Especially if you know you're having an 11 o'clock lunch. (laughs) Right?
4: Right. But she looked really cute when I picked her up. I was like, where were you? And she's like, oh, I (laughs) I was doing it in the the bathroom of a (laughs) breakfast place with this guy. He's so hot. Oh, my God. So she started telling these stories. And I was just like, Molly, there's something here. So we wrote up a treatment. All right. You know, we're in L.A. We have these grand ideas for television shows. We're like, I think this is a show. And it just came to me while I was driving. I thought. It's called dying for sex. Like there's something here. So we started writing and coming up with it and it was a good excuse for us just to spend time together under the guise of like we're working. Right. And then we just um, we brought it to some places. We traveled to some production companies and had meetings and then we got uh, we got together with Bold Souls, this production company that is a friend of mine and he said we I think we should record some of this and just get it down on, on tape. Tape? <laughs> Who uses <laughs> well, tape? You well, know, oh, you know what I mean. Figuratively yeah. Um <laughs> And so we just recorded it, and then eventually I brought it to Wondery, and they were like, this is magic. Let's wow. do something. And, and we've kind of crafted this six-episode series that I think really is for everyone, because it's not just the sex. I mean, we definitely go there.
2: But I think it's about friendship and love and... Um, Self, self-actualization. self yeah. I mean, yeah, why exactly. do you think, and I'm sure you've listened to some, I've listened to some, been on some. Why mm-hmm. is this one different from other podcasts? There are a few out there about female sexuality and how we experience sex and how we kind of process the entire yeah. sexual experience.
4: Well, that's a good one. I think no matter how well evolved we are, for women, sometimes our pleasure is attached to shame for some mm-hmm. reason because of... The social, you know, things that are out there like porn and the way it's sort of presented to us. And Molly and I always laugh because we're like, oh, when's porn over? Oh, when the guy ha- yeah, like, right. gets his jolly. It's like it's never Like money shot when he's like, blah, and we're done. And I think there's a little bit of shame involved. So we're not taught to just really be open about our sexuality. But I think what makes this podcast really different is the shame went out the window because of the terminal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. She felt sex and death were very related, so for her, it made sense, right? Right. Like it, just, it came together. And it was about healing some things in herself. So I think for her, she just gave less fucks. Right. She was
2: like – Or or, me- or right? a lot more fucks. I mean, which <laughs> right. other way you want to look at it? Okay. Right.
4: <laughs> like she didn't have any fear. She didn't have any – worry. I think that's funny. She didn't have any fear. She didn't have any worry or concern about how it was going to be perceived or if the guy was going to call her back. She didn't care. care. I think right. for a woman to be told, you can be authentically – you sexually, your body, everything you want to be and the outcome really doesn't matter because you know at the end of the day this is your journey and it's not about the guy Right. I think was really powerful for her. That's a long-winded answer but that I think But but you'll see in Molly's journey like it wasn't always clear cut for her. She would dip back into oh I got to make sure he's okay or is he, you know she learned a lot about herself in that process and figured out what she really wanted and what she liked.
0: This is it. Your moment.
1: What did it do
2: for you, Nikki, being kind of the receptacle of this information, the person she spoke with? You're not going anywhere. Right. What? How, how do you feel about this? I i mean, you lived a little vicariously, I'm guessing.
4: Yes. I mean, I got to see all the dick pics, all the <laughs> masturbation videos, all the funny people, all the quirky things. So I, it, it opened up my world to, oh, wow, sex really drives people, right? And right? I've been in a relationship for 11 years, and sometimes you can lose that, like, reminder of like, we should be totally exploring each other on a regular basis to stay connected. I have a pretty good sex life, I'm going to say, but understanding now sort of the scope of what people do I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Right. As an option. Right. I never even thought of that as an option. Right. So now, you know, the conversations in our bedroom are much dif- more they're just different now right. because like, you know, and I know porn's out there and there's all these other things you could see but like it's different when it's somebody in well, your personal life. This is a little life.
2: closer to home. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> exactly. And and Give us a little bit, like when, so she's on Bumble, Tinder, whatever. I mean, would she tell the guys, I've I've had a terminal cancer diagnosis? Sometimes, every time, no. She never told them. Never told him. Okay, so what happens when the guy from the breakfast place mm-hmm. starts, you know, pinging her later in the day? Would right. she see them more than once?
4: Yeah, she's, well, it depends. If okay. she liked them, she'd see them more than once. If she just kind of got what she needed out of it.
2: Bye-bye. Then, yeah, right. she
4: was like done. Um, yeah, and she, you know. She had some real rough days, like when going through uh, medication and treatment and surgeries and procedures. There were times when she was just unable to even get off the bathroom floor. So it was funny. We always laugh because she's like, I'm either on the bathroom floor taking like a super sexy selfie or I'm on the bathroom floor, like completely laid out because I can't move. Mm. Uh, but she didn't tell anybody. She was, But she was very private about her cancer overall cuz she didn't want to over identify with it. Sure. She didn't want to walk into the room and people go "How Have oh, that
2: own her, right? Yeah. If you can, tell me what her relationship with her ex was. I mean, that's kind of a double blow yeah. for him. They're trying they're in couples counseling and she's yeah. like got the got the call, got the terminal diagnosis and um sucks for you but I'm out. I mean, right. mean, and I don't mean to make that sound so, but, yeah. but she was like, this is the, my last period of time and I want to do my thing. What was their relationship during the period of the podcast um, yeah. recording?
4: So it's funny because I was actually there the day that Molly met her husband, 20, you know, not 20 years ago, making me sound like I'm <laughs> 70, um, like when they first met. And their relationship went through a journey and they, overall, ultimately, they were just very close friends. And I think when cancer comes into your life, somebody becomes the caretaker right mm-hmm. and somebody becomes the the patient and that dynamic i think can do damage to a sexual relationship it's hard to come back from that yeah i think she wanted to be sexualized and he was so concerned of taking care of her right and so they really ultimately just became very close friends but she would always say i can't self realize in the context of this relationship emotionally physically i can't do it anymore so the leaving took a couple of months you know for her to kind of but he was supportive and loving and kind but they just were not they were not matched up for this phase of their life so when she left she was really really done with that relationship in terms of like the sex life but yeah they you know they struggled sexually i think because of the whole situation sure
2: i mean that's it's tough for everybody yeah what do we expect in the rest of the season on Dying for Sex? Give okay. us a little preview.
4: So, the first three episodes are very much about the sex capades, and it's really, really fun. And I, I, I get a little judgy on some of these kinks, and I've gotten some, like some, some talk back from people like, "Don't be so judgy." But I think I'm just the average girl who's like, oh. You urinated in someone's mouth. I didn't know that was. Th- I didn't know that. I,
3: th- I would think that's okay to judge. Okay, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would judge. Johnny's it. very yeah. judgy. Yeah.
2: Just saying. Not, unlike me, uh, people pee in my mouth all the time. the time. Just saying.
4: I would used to say to Molly, "Come over to my house." You're invited. i
2: be like, that's the stupidest pun
4: ever. I'm like, you started it. You're the one that's peeing in people's mouths. Like, what was Wait, that? was she the peer or the pe? She was the peer. Okay. Yeah, okay. she wasn't interested in take. Uh, yeah. There were men that would actually ask if they would, if she would just um, collect urine and leave it
2: outside of her door.
3: Mm. That is wild, right? That is crazy.
2: <laughs> Daniel's in <Daniel's Space>. face. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? It is. Th- yes, maybe they were just trying to get clean drug tests. <laughs> That's what I'm maybe. thinking. Yeah, there you go. I have Laura. a 14 year old, and let me tell you, the <laughs> right. u- the clean urine market these days. Quite, quite a thing.
4: Well, the funny thing, okay, so her journey is the first three episodes are very much about the sex, and then in episode four, we kind of tap into, she does actually out herself as having cancer in a really cool way. She walks in fashion week, in New York fashion week, as a model for a company that makes bras and panties for women that have or had had breast cancer okay so it was a really empowering thing um it's really interesting to see that journey we bring her mom in we do communicate with a few of the guys that she had these sex capades with and then it takes this beautiful turn of just self-realization and kind of coming to terms with everything in life so if sex is holding you back like you don't want to hear about urine and foot fetishes and dominatrix stuff that's really not what it's about, but the first three episodes are super fun. <laughs> there might be He's a, like, why yeah, not? Yeah, like, just a go. Bit, for it. Well, yeah. that's yeah. What, <laughs> it's what
2: causes everyone to fall in love with you guys. So that's that's good. I like yeah. it. that's it's the, the foreplay. Form. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> go on
4: the journey. I think it's, um, it's just a beautiful story about what you do really with the time that you have left, and how you can sort of take control of your life. And it's not it's not always pretty. sometimes it's messy, and sometimes you have control, and then you lose it again. And, and I think this journey, Molly, is just very open. And willing to just really just bear it all. And I find that to be, I mean, literally and emotionally, like I find it to be so beautiful.
2: I love that. Well, Nikki, thank you for swapping with us at iHeart today (laughs) and for sharing such a personal story with us. How can people find you and dying for sex?
4: Okay, so... Me, I'm just Nikki Boyer, and you can find me on all platforms at Nikki Boyer, and that's two Ks. Um, and an I. N-I-K-K-I-B-O-Y-E-R. Mm-hmm. So follow me and reach out. And let me know what you think. I love going back and forth. I'm a DMer. I've gotten way more than I'd like in a DM, but I like to DM. <laughs> so let me know. And then um, Dying for Sex, you can. it's at Wondery, and it's where, wherever you are listening to your podcast. But if you're ever confused and you don't want to find it, you can go to dyingforsexpodcast.com, and it'll take you to the link. And just review it. Rate it. I mean, I love the back and forth. Let me know what you like. I, there's people telling me what they they don't like about it. And then two episodes later, they're like, I take it back. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's, that's good. That's my favorite. Yeah. So that's how you find us.
2: I love it. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me.
3: Wasn't that amazing? Powerful. She's, yes. And that Molly is something else. And
2: what a good... What a good lesson for people, particularly that sometimes tune into our podcast and are kind of like, poor me, I don't know, I feel like life isn't worth living. You hear Nikki talking about Molly and her experiences, and you're like, kind of got to get back in the saddle, (laughs)
3: literally. (laughs) That's one (laughs) thing you might come to mind. But I also love the story of their friendship. Yes. You know how important friendship is to me. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Better be.
2: Thanks for listening to the All Spare podcast today, guys. If you liked today's episode, let us know by leaving a review at Apple Podcasts.
3: You can also follow us on social media at It's Over Easy. That's it for today. We'll be back next Tuesday with more All Spare.
5: picasso knows your vacation home is your best home it's the place that brings family and friends together it's where you're the best
0: version of yourself picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations listings start at 200k for one-eighth ownership picasso does all the work for you